Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another WM32 football podcast. Um, today, it is me and Nelson in the hot seats, and we will be previewing uh, this weekend's upcoming North London derby. Obviously, I will be representing the the better half of North London, if you like. Um, so I'll be representing Tottenham. And unfortunately for Nelson, he's representing the red half um, and he is representing Arsenal. Um, so Nelson, big, big game um, coming up this weekend. Um, how do you, yeah. from the Arsenal perspective, how do you see this one playing out? Obviously, um, Tottenham are above Arsenal in the league um, as it stands. Um, you're not quite in the bottom half just yet. Obviously, Leeds, luckily for you, lost um, last uh, Monday night to, to West Ham. Um, so, yeah, how do you see this one playing out from, from an Arsenal perspective? see it playing out pretty well. I think, I don't know. I think I've, I've, I'm, I'm really interested to see what's going to happen between now and... Uh, like, I, I think the only thing that I'm annoyed about is the fact that, you know, your game, the Europa League game, you know, that's happening this week is yeah. the fact that you guys are playing um, at, at home, but we'll be, you know, travelling away to play Olympiacos. So, um, it's not looking great in that respect, but we have been in this familiar territory because that's where we played Benfica in the last leg uh, and came back. So um, both teams, we both know, have not been great this season. Um, yeah, this is, <laughs> I don't even know where this one's going to go, but um, I'm looking I'm looking positive. I think last week's result, I think, would have stopped a bit of momentum for us from an Arsenal perspective. Um, but I am looking forward to it because I think it's one of the most underrated, I, th I don't know how, it's still one of the most underrated North London derbies there is. I mean, sorry, not even North London derbies, just underrated derbies in general. Um, you've obviously got your top ones in Manchester, Glasgow, El Clasico, etc. But with us, is, uh, there's always some fire. And I think the last decade, especially the last decade, I think the North London derby has made a jump into becoming one of the best like derbies out there. So I'm really looking forward to it. I don't know what the score is going to be, honestly, but um, I think uh, I think there will be a different turn. Of, I think the mood will be different simply because when we faced you in a reverse fiction, you guys, sm it seems like you smashed us, but it was only 2-0. That's what the, It was only 2-0, but it seems like you smashed us because that's that system that you guys were playing at the beginning of the season that, that rocketed you guys up to the top spot. It was just hard to stop. Like We knew it was happening, but we just didn't set up for it properly and um, I think the mood will be different for both camps. I think regardless of the Europa League results that happen on a Thursday for both teams, I just think this time will be a bit different because I think Arsenal have now, especially Arteta, I think he's found his, he's starting to find his squad, identify his players, um, especially since the turn uh, before the new year when we beat Chelsea 3-1. I think that was the turning point in our season. Just to bring a bit of stability, like don't get me wrong, we're still still poor but we're, we're, like you said we're, we're just out of the bottom half of the table but at the end of the day um i think i'm looking forward to this one just because i think the mood will be different um and i just can't remember the last time we beat you guys i think it'd just be nice to beat you so yeah I'll, what, what, what about yourself from your tottenham perspective um yeah i think it's obviously interesting you mentioned um the europa league games obviously arteta's come out and, and was crying about that as well to be fair um so um, obviously, the reason why for those of people that are 
watching or listening that don't know, um, the reason why Tottenham are playing at home is due to UEFA and the fact that two teams from the same city can't be at home on the same night. Um, and within the draw, both Tottenham and Arsenal were drawn away first. Um, but because you guys won the FA Cup last season, um, you get priority. I don't know why, um, but you get priority on on fixtures. Um, so, yeah, you've got an away leg first, which in European ties is usually favourable. Um, but I think, you know, from a Tottenham perspective, obviously, if this game was happening a few weeks ago, completely different picture. Um you know, I think Spurs fans were, myself included, we were worried about the direction of the team, um, where we were going under Mourinho and everything else. But I think that last 20 minutes against West Ham, albeit in terms of the state of that game, it was too late. But I think certainly those that last sort of 20 minutes um, was has, has been crucial for us, really, because we haven't really look back since then um you know picking up three really really vital wins over the last uh week or so um beating burnley which i mean you, you guys couldn't do um you know beating fulham um and and beating palace so yeah three really good wins in the league obviously got over the got the job done in the europa league um as well just before that um so yeah i think you know, from a Tottenham perspective, I think we've got good reason to be to be quite confident um, regarding this particular fixture. Um, Mourinho hates Arsenal as well, so that's that's all well and good. Um, one positive, certainly, of him being uh, being in charge is that he hates Arsenal, um, and he probably hates Arsenal more than more than Tottenham fans, which is great. Um, so yeah, I've got a I've got a good feeling. I think as well the the fact that there's no fans there's no sort of home crowd not that you get much anyway because there's usually red seat dotted about um again will will help will help our cause um and yeah i just i i i'm feeling confident because of the state <laughs> the right now. obviously tottenham are, are, you would like to think or on the face of it certainly a banging form arsenal still inconsistent um so yeah, I'm 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 feeling good. I'm feeling good regarding this one. I must okay. admit. Um, so Nels, then going from how we think the game will go, um, who do you see them from from the Arsenal perspective being being key, um, provided that that they they are fit um, for the game? Who do you see being key for you guys in in the derby? Ah, oh, this is this question. Uh, if you had asked me, like. During the Invincibles era, I'd, I'd list like five, six, seven man fire shots, bang, bang, bang. But now I just think it's so difficult to identify just one because, like you said, the state of the two teams, especially us, horrendous. I think if I had to pick one, I'd start off in goal. It's crazy that people think, why wouldn't you select an outfield player? But I think Bernd Lennon has actually been one of our most consistent players, apart from his horrendous blunder against Wolves, which was beautifully TikToked by um by their TikTok account, by the way. Yes. For people listening, please check that out. Um he's been our consistent performer this season. He's been very reliable in goal. Um I think he's picked us I think he's he's helped us, you know, gain some crucial points. Um and I think he's made some tremendous saves to keep us in games when we look like we're not even in them. Um last season especially I think his importance was really felt, especially when we missed him. We know Martinez came in and did a 
a great job. But leading up to that point, uh, Leno really saved us. Like we're, we're talking, really saved us. And I, I wasn't surprised that he was in contention for player of the season last year. So I think Leno will be really key. We all know he was beaten by, you can't stop world-class shots like what Son did, the other, the, the reverse fiction, just curled it, you know, from like 35 yards. There's nothing wrong with that. And even Kane's second strike, I think there was nothing like, I, 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 I can accept those kind of strikes, but he is reliable when it comes to, I think he's improved as well in terms of, um, what's it called? Arteta's, uh, I think the philosophy, the way he wants to play from building out from the back. I think the, the, the Burnley goal, which really, annoys me still which I don't know what Jack is doing I still think like even though the ball's given back to Leno before he plays it back to Jack who then makes the mistake you're thinking just play it long but you can what I respect is that he's still trying to you know Leno is still trying to build out from the back no matter how close an opposition striker could be he could be sniffing your armpit he would still play the ball out from the back which I completely respect because I think his ball-playing ability as a keeper has improved this season. I've noticed that. Distribution has gotten better um, and he's still the same shot stopper that, we, you know, that we've had. I think his mentality has grown. And I think he's becoming a, a low-key, I would say low-key, not you know, out there, but a low-key leader, a low-key low key for us. Um, he's the one person that I could, that I could, in this dreadful team, that's the only person I could... <laughs> I could think of right now, if you're thinking outfield, in terms of attack, I would probably go for our star boy, Bukayo Saka. I think he would probably be the one I'd be looking forward to, to be on the ball the most. Um, I'm not sure who's going to play at left back for you guys, but I think probably be, yeah, Reguillon. I don't even know how to pronounce his name. How do you pronounce your brother's name? Tell me. <laughs> we just call him Reggie, to be fair. but yeah, Reggie, Reggion. cool, cool. Reguillon. Reguillon, yeah, so... Sergio Reguillon, yes, he would probably be up against Bukayo Saka. And that would be, an, I think that's an interesting matchup, actually. It's, I think it's Sergio's second derby. He played really well in the first one. And I think that matchup between him and Saka, if Saka plays on the right, because at this rate, like, sometimes I just get annoyed with Arteta's like, starting 11, who he chooses, because one day you'll find Pepe on the left, then at wing back, I don't know, Saka on left back, in centre mid, I just don't know. So I think if Saka plays and he's fit, I'll go for him outfield, but I'll stick with Leno for now. Who do you think, um, from a Tottenham perspective, who who's going to be your danger man, key for you know you guys heading into Sunday? Um, I think there's probably a number of players yes. that I could I could pick, which is fantastic. Um, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you mentioned, you mentioned uh, Reguilon, and I think he. Well, he jokingly said in an interview recently that Spurs' sudden upturn in form has coincided with him coming back into the team. Um, but honestly, like he's been a revelation, I think, since since coming yeah. from, from Real Madrid. Um, one so young, but has got a really good mentality on his shoulders. Um, and if anybody wants uh, you know, a case study from this, if you look at the way he speaks to Lo Celso after the Chelsea game at Stamford Bridge, uh, I think that's a prime example of Reguillon kind of wanting and demanding more from his teammates. Um, but I think going forward, he's been fantastic. Um, you know, absolutely rapid. Um, can can defend fairly well, considering he's coming into a new league, different league, um, you know, with different tests um, in each game. I think he's coped brilliantly. The only game I was slightly worried 
um, with him was maybe West Brom away. Um, but I think he come through that pretty well. Um, so I think Reguilon definitely key for us attacking wise down that down that left hand side. Um, I think Hoiberg is going to be key for us in that midfield. Um, he is literally the the plug in that midfield because we've got so many wonderful attacking players. He just plugs the gaps um, in between. Um, what's your What's your nickname for him? Remind everybody your nickname for him. I haven't really got one yet. I know someone else has it. It's Pierre Emil Hoy Buskets. Um, That's the so one. That's up, the big one. Up expressions um, for that one. Uh, Hoy Buskets. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, obviously we've got Ndombele. I think he's going to be key oh. in terms of, you know, trying to unlock the door. I mean, he's just different class. Um, the closest thing I've seen, I think, to Moussa Dembele and he's greatest of all time. Um, we've got your your undeniable love, your second love in, in Sonaldo, Kimmin Son. Sonny! Um, yeah, obviously, I was, I, was four, I was one of the very, very lucky ones uh, within the 2000 that were at the, at the reverse yeah. fixture and that game that goal was just phenomenal um so yeah he's going to be key if bale plays bale is now coming back into form finally um so you can't you can't discredit um bale if he's fit and he's firing if he's up for it um i think he he'll, he'll have a good game um and then you got the king of north london derbies um harry kane going to be key will probably score I have a feeling it might be a penalty as well to be fair because I think his last couple have been penalties um whether he wins the penalty or not I don't know but um yeah I think he I think he's going to bag a penalty um but yeah no certainly obviously key battles across the pitch really um yeah 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 you know throughout um but yeah I'm feeling I'm feeling good I'm feeling confident with this one um as I said earlier but yeah no there's certainly sort of four, five, six players for Spurs that are going to be key for for us winning winning the game. And I think also as well, Lucas Moura. Um, yes, good shout, good shout. You know, his, his performance against Crystal Palace on, on Sunday was fantastic um, in terms of his work off the ball. Like he was the one initiating and starting the press. And I think that work almost compensates for the luxury of Gareth Bale. Because Bale sort of has that, it seems Bale has that free role and he can go where he wants. I mean, the guy's won three Champions League, so he, can, he has that authority there that he can just go, do you know what, I'm going to do what I want. And I think most Spurs fans will go, go on then, Gaz, you do what you want. Um, so, yeah, I think Mora has been has been interesting. Uh, like I say, is he, he he's a frustrating player, a bit like Eric Lamella um, in the... His second touch is either a tackle or he just gets it half the time and runs into blind alleys. But no, certainly his work off the ball, I think, was highlighted for a change um, in that Palace game. I think he does it quite a lot, but doesn't always get the plaudits um, for that. So, so yeah, go on. I'd like I'd like to um, I just I don't know why I didn't think of this player for my team, but you mentioned key battles going to be key battles everywhere. So you mentioned Hoiberg. Yeah, that's going to be a very important, uh, you know, person in, in Sunday's game. But I also think, you know, a man like Thomas Partey, if he's fit, that could be a potential duel just to see yeah. between the two. Yeah, like we know, I think Hoiberg has already established himself. We know he had his, he's already got Premier League experience with Southampton. He's come in, he's done a superb, superb job. Um, since you guys have bought him, I think the reason I mentioned Thomas is because. 
Thomas makes us tick in a way that I haven't seen for a very long time in terms of his pen. Like, as soon as he gets the ball, it's progression. Where can I, it's first four is forward. And I really like that in him. He's able to carry the ball with him, which I really like. And he's able to do a defensive duty. He's much more mobile and agile than the Granite, than Granite Xhaka. So he's going to do much more of a, of, a, of a job. But obviously it's been frustrating like from, from an Arsenal perspective, seeing him this season because he hadn't missed the game in four years for Atletico Madrid, but he's come to us and suddenly he has injuries. Nah, something's up. Something's up. I even know. Like it's just, it's just, it's, it's crazy when you think when you think that. Like you look at like obviously going off the topic of our midfield battles. You're looking at you know someone a Premier League great in Eden Hazard in Chelsea was a baller. It's gone to Madrid and now he's suffering from all these injuries. You're just thinking, what happened on the flight? Did you, what happened? Did something? So, yeah, I think I'm just pointing out that um, I just like to add in Thomas Partey in that um, key battle that we've been talking about. Yeah, I mean, it, it depends what his uh, hamstrings are like because we all know what happened in the reverse fixture where he decided yes, we to, do. To, to just walk off. I don't think he passed the Ndombele test. Um, very well and Ndombele was playing further up the pitch then as well so it'd be interesting to see if Ndombele does play slightly deeper where he has been recently or he does end up in that number 10 kind of position and, and Tottenham go with perhaps Hoiberg and, and Sissoko um, so Nels you've teed me up quite nicely there um, who do you see you know from your Arsenal perspective with your Arsenal hat on who, you know who do you think Arteta is going to play um, in this in this game, obviously, you know we mentioned earlier that Thursday night we are both playing in in Europe um, yeah. as well. So, you know, how do you see Arteta approaching this one in terms of his lineup? Yeah, uh, I I think like you said, the fact that we're playing Thursday is it's it's going to affect the lineup heading into the weekend, depending on how we perform. If we end up cruising and winning the first leg against Olympiakos, then uh, I think he will probably stick with the same team um, heading into Sunday that plays on Thursday, because that way, you know, the second leg, depending on how we do in the first leg, he can rest some players, etc. But what I believe Arteta will put, not what I want to see, because there's two different <laughs> versions of that. He I mean, I'll, I'll let you have two. I'll let you have two versions. So the one that you think Arteta is going to play and then your dream team, if you like. Ah, oh, all right, cool. So we'll just skip through Arteta's one. Leno in goal, <laughs> okay? We'll go Bellerin right back. We'll go um, David Luiz. And uh, pa- I actually think Pablo Mari will go in defence. And you're, la- you're laughing at this because you know that <laughs> Harry Kane's looking at this. Ah, oh, brother. I- hey, I'll buy you some jollof rice. You're going to enjoy Sunday. But um, uh, who have we got? Pablo Mari, left centre-back. Kieran Tierney, left-back. I think he's going to stick with Partey and Jack in the middle. One thing, as much as Granite Xhaka has made mistakes, I think I mentioned to you um, off the air that one thing I credit is his ability to still remain fit and still be selected throughout all these games. These, you know, the, the, the fixture congestion that we have because of COVID that we, you know, players have obviously had a lot of injuries and, He's been there like since, you know, since that started. So Granite Jack in the middle. I think he's going to go for, interesting, on the right, I think he's going to go for Pepe. In the middle, I think he's going to go for Martin Odegaard. And on the left, I think he's going to go for Bukayo Saka. 
Now, I don't want him to put... I'll tell you why I don't want him to put Saka on the left, but Oba will probably finish up top as the striker. So that completes like the 4-2-3-1 cell formation that I think Arteta will go for. Now, if I put my dream team, yeah. I would want Leno in goal, Hector Bellerin at right back. I would want Gabriel at left centre-back and I would want Rob Holding at right centre-back. I think Holding has been... I think he's been good. I wouldn't say brilliant, but he's been he's impressed me this season because... I was surprised that Arteta actually wanted him to stay at the club. He's renewed his contract, got his um, extension, and this season he has been an important, you know, team member. Um, and I don't know. I think there's. A, I get this feeling that Arteta sees Rob Holding somewhat as a John Stones at City because obviously we all know he works at City of Guardiola. I'm not saying Rob Holding is just like John Stones. Let's just put it out there: John Stones is a much better defender much better baller than Rob Holding will, no disrespect, will ever be. But... A B-Tech version. A B-Tech version. But I do see Arteta seeing similarities in, in those two, so I can see why you'd want to keep him. Gabriel, I think, has... You mentioned um, Gabriel being one of the consistent performers in a really bad team this season. You know, coming from a new league, I think he's done really well. And I think... Uh, I'd I'd love to see a duel between him and Kane, like jumping in the air, because Gabriel scored, I think, two two headed goals this season. So I know Kane loves to get up and you know get his head on things. So I'd love to see that. Um Kirantini, I think, is Arsenal captain. I've said it from the the get-go. This brother, Scottish warrior, shortbread Scottish, whatever you want to say, <laughs> warrior thing. Oh, I love Kirantini. I could be on here talking about all day, but we'll move forward. Partey. I'd stick, the crazy thing is, I'd, I'd probably go with Partey and Ceballos. Now, the reason I say Ceballos is that I'd, I'd tell Partey to have more, I'd give him more defensive duties during the game. Allow Ceballos to just free roam and essentially pick out those, you know, penetrative, penetrative, I can say the word, penetrative passes into, you know, the, the, uh, the number 10s, into your wingers. Um, and then I'd go for Nicolas Pepe on the left. The reason I say on the left is because I think his form has, I think, the reason why he's received an upturn in form is because of the switch in formation to go out on the left. He's, I think it started against the game in Southampton where we won 3-1, he scored. And since then, he's, he's had really good performances. And it's, it's just, it would be Arteta to give him a run of games. He bags maybe three or four goals only for him to take him off and not play him another two, three games. And you're like, what? Like, he's on a run of form, put him on. Um, so I'd be interested to see like if if that's something Arteta would do. Um as much as I've enjoyed seeing Martin Erdegaard come in, I wouldn't put him. I'd actually put Smith Rowe, the Croydon De Bruyne. I'd I'd put him straight in because this is North London Derby. I'm sorry, Martin, you don't get the gist of this. Like this is like war, war, Sparta, Sparta war. Like so. Um, I'd put him and then put Saka on the right because I think Saka's numbers have improved tremendously since he's been on the right. I think he just he just looks like a killer on the right compared to the left. And the reason I say that is because, as well, Kieran Tinney really likes to bump forward. And if you have Saka on the left, I feel like that nullifies him and it kind of susses out our game plan in the sense that everyone will know, okay, if you just cut off that entire left side that has Tinney and Saka, there's nothing else, no offence to Pepe and Bellerin. They're not going to offer nothing on the right. So 
it's a bit frustrating. So that's why I put Pepe on the left, Sack on the right, gives a bit of balance, but also, you know, unorthodox. And then as much as I'd put Oba up top, I think I'd have to put Oba up top. I'll finish off and put Laka. You know Laka. He seems to turn up for a North London derby somehow, whether it's a goal or an assist or just put, getting a, a shift in. So that'd be my team. But I've, I've spoken a lot. I'm going to switch it over. It's in your hands, bro. What is your team heading into um, Sunday? What do you think Jose is going to put out there? Um, well, just wanted to to say that, you know, on the back of your your teams there, I do hope that it is Rob Holden and Gabrielle at centre-half um, for the slight fact that in the reverse fixture, they practised social distancing for Sonny's goal. Um, so, you know, nobody... They was did, they did, they did. ...meters of him. Um, and I don't think in that moment, Sonny could believe it and he's just gone, do you know what, why not from that, from that, you know, far out and obviously scored a world-class goal. Um, yeah, I think obviously with Kieran Tierney as well, I think, um, you know, I, I have, I am a massive fan of Kieran Tierney, although I did read a stat the other day that Matt Doherty's got more assists <laughs> in the Premier League than, than Kieran Tierney and Matt Doherty is our backup right back, by the way. Um, so, yeah, uh, and Doherty's also got the same amount as Jao Cancelo um, in terms of assists in the Premier League. Whoa. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. I'm. Yeah. I'm not even. Wow. Right now. Um, yeah. Matt Doherty, by the way. Um, wow. Anyway. Um, okay. I'll go with what Jose. What Jose is. What I feel like Jose's going to. Okay. Be cool. So cool. We'll go. All right. Hugo in goal. Um, let's just hope he's not been on the Vino on the weekend. Um, because if he is, then he's probably going to drop a, a clanger or two. Um, Lloris frustrates me because he'll drop a clanger in a in a big game. If we look at, you know, the Manchester City game as a prime example. Um, but then in the next game, which was against I think Wolfsburg, he pulls off a world class save. So it's almost like we know that the quality's there. Mm-hmm. It's just almost when he chooses to showcase that that quality. Um, I'm hoping, and this is probably the first time I've ever said this, um, but I am hoping that the Ivorian Cafu, Serge Aurier, oh! um, <laughs> so I'm hoping that he is fit um, because he has been a man reincarnated this season. Um, all right, it probably cost us 15 million um, to get him reincarnated in the signing of Matt Doherty. Um, but yeah, I think by and large, Serge has been Serge has been fantastic for us this season, um, and has actually performed fairly well. I'd probably say in in the bigger games uh, this season. I think you know I can only sort of pinpoint one mistake that he's really really made, or maybe two, which was one against Liverpool with getting caught out ball watching and then giving away a penalty against Leicester. But other than that, I think he's been he's been top draw. Um, this season and you know anybody that knows me knows that he was potentially first one out the door um, in the summer and I think most Spurs fans would would probably say the same but his turnaround has just been top draw Um, so yeah I'm hoping he's fit and he starts if not I would like to see JT Jafet Tanganga playing because this guy pull up any of your top wingers in the league and this guy will pocket them (laughs) <laughs> Berlin, Mares, Mane, Salah. This guy just pockets wingers like the best, the best of the best in the league. He just pockets them. Um, so yeah, if if Aurier, the Ivorian Cafu isn't playing, I'll have JT at right back, please, Jose. Um, but yeah, I think like I say, if if Aurier's fit, he gets the nod. Um, 
I think centre half wise, Sanchez and Alderweireld. I know one centre half pairing that it can't be, and that is Eric Dyer and Davinson Sanchez. Um, <laughs> those two, those two against West Ham were like the Chuck- Chuckle Brothers, man. Um, so it can't be having that, especially in a in a North London derby. But I feel like Toby has to play, and then mm-hmm. it's either one of Sanchez or Dyer, um, because you know as I mentioned, Dyer and Sanchez just don't work. Um, together like at all um, but it feels like they both need uh, somebody alongside them to almost lead the back line they need to be led um, and I feel like Toby brings that um, obviously he scored in in a in a North London derby recently as well did Alderweireld so um, he did yeah yep. that was a fantastic header in that one but yeah I think Toby just has to start I think he's, he's come back into the side and again we've looked a lot more solid defensively even when we've been under the cosh in games we've still looked fairly solid at the back um as well uh left back region uh region don um as some people say (laughs) um so yeah reggie at left back as i mentioned earlier he's been a revelation since since joining probably probably our replacement for prime danny rose um, is is the way I'm going to describe Reggie. Reggie, I think he's been top draw. He's been brilliant, um, and his stu- I think he's been uh, quality not only on the pitch but off the pitch as well. Just yeah, the little yeah, things yeah. that you see on social media. It's just yeah. you know, stuff that any fan really can get behind, like you know going to sleep in club pajamas and something like that. It's just those little bits that as a fan you can really get behind. Um, so yeah, I think midfield wise, I think you'll probably go with. Hoiber and Dombele. Obviously, Harry Wink started against Crystal Palace and had an okay game. I don't think he stood out potentially as much as um, a lot of people would have really wanted him to. Um, but, I mean, I said it after the the reverse fixture, which was that if Arsenal had Harry Winks in their side that day, they'd have won the game because Arsenal dominated the ball, but Shaka just didn't want to pass forwards. It was, it was, it was almost like if he did, it was a crime. He was just so sideways and backwards and with his passing. Um, but I think Winks has got that ability to switch play and find good passes forward as well. Those penetrative yeah. passes that you mentioned earlier. I think Winks has that ability to do that. But I just think for this game and Dombele will get the will get the nod and I can't wait to see him spin midfields like they're absolute Beyblades again. because uh, <laughs> that that kind of stuff just gives me life. Um so yeah, and Dombele and then I think the three in behind um the main striker. It wouldn't shock me if Jose went with Bale, Lucas and Sonny again. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously with Harry Kane up front, but it seems like that's been very settled in terms of the team lineup at the minute. Um, so I don't potentially see, like from a Jose perspective, I think he's, he's in the last few games, as I said, obviously barring injuries and um, obviously we know Reguilon's coming back from one so he's probably just nursing him back but that back four now looks a bit more settled and then that's given yeah. the rest of the team a little bit more confidence I think because um, you know we, we, we they sort of know like right okay if it's Toby that's made the difference I don't know but it'll just look a bit more a bit more settled I think as a as a team I think the dream team though um, on. dream team again probably Larice in goal um, Aurier I don't think the back four would really change for me. It's just the the front the front positions really that front, work. Okay. okay. Um, I would actually wouldn't mind to see Tottenham set up in the same way that we did against you guys earlier on in the season, um, and and 
almost let you come on to us and then we'll just be devastating. And, but the thing is, if we're going to do that, we just have to be clinical and take our chances because I think we've done that in games. But we've had chances, we've just not taken them like at all. Um, so I think that will be key. Um, so, yeah, I'd love, I'd probably like to see Sissoko in there with Hoiberg. Um, if we are going to concede possession, I think Sissoko will probably be better at doing that than Ndombele would. Yeah. Just because I think in the, in the reverse fixture, again, we almost went with a back six, but it was actually denying the half spaces almost in between fullback and centre-back each side, um, mm -hmm. which meant that the, the number 10 on the day, which I think might have been William for you guys, um, yeah, yeah, it was. It was William. Yeah, yeah. It was almost like, right, we'll just deny him space and they, they can't get on the ball. And then it was like, right, well, you guys are going to have to go down the sides of us and play in front of yeah. us, but you're not going to play in between. Um, so, yeah, I wouldn't mind that with it then and Dombele being in the 10. Um, I've, and if that was the way that we were going to go, I'd probably sacrifice Gareth Bale for Lucas Moura. Um, okay. So I'd probably only change like two players out of it. Um, I mean, I'd love to see Delhi obviously getting a look in, but it just depends sort of how we set up. Um, I think this is a, this is a, an interesting game to see how, how Tottenham are going to set up now, because as I mentioned just before, we've seemed to have a little bit of a settled team, um, but now it's coming into like a big game, a derby game. You know, is Jose going to, going to tweak something? Is he going to have something up his sleeve tactically, or is he just going to stick with what we've got and what we've had playing for us um, and trust those guys to, to go and get the results. So, yeah, I'd probably only make two changes. It would be Sissoko and... Um, oh, it would only be Sissoko, really, in, in the cool. bail. But, yeah, just a couple of moves move about. So, Sissoko will be in alongside Hoiberg and, and Dombele gets to gets to um, show Thomas Party who's, who's the real king in North London in the midfield. Um, OK. You've got Harry Kane up top, obviously, with Sonny on the left um, as, as well. So, that's, that's just how... You know, I would go with it. You, I've probably shocked you with my dream team there. Yeah, just a bit, just a bit. But I think from both of our teams that we've put out, this question has just come to mind. And I think this would be much of an easier question for you than it is for me. So from the teams that I mentioned, that from my perspective and the teams that you've mentioned from your perspective, I guess this is a question for both of us. Who would you want to take from, you know, either team, and put them in your squad. So if you had to take one Arsenal player from that lineup and put up, which would probably not be a hard. I mean, at the end of the day, like I feel like there's not a lot of quality players, up, you know, up for grabs for you. But no, if you actually had to take one player that you wanted to bring because you like the way they play, you like them, and I, I'd have to pick one myself. I'll let you go first. I, I, I probably you know I your answer anyway. Um, no, no, actually, but, you, you um, might be surprised. In in terms of, I mean, you're not giving me much here because I think, you know, as I said, I was one of the lucky ones to be at the reverse fixture and it was probably the worst Arsenal side that I've ever seen. Uh, yeah. There was just not a lot there, really. You know, I'm used to growing up with Arsenal being one of the top teams in England and in, in and around Europe and you guys always having the bragging rights and everything like that, um, you know, you all right, you dominated us, but you didn't really do much with the ball when you had it. So we were loving life, really, because we'd go, do you know what? Come, keep coming, keep coming, because we know ball into Kane, spin, son, and we're in. Um, and I think that's virtually what happened for both the goals, if I remember rightly. Um, 
But yeah, I think yeah. if I was to take one player from from you guys, it would have to be Saka. I think the way this guy is just carrying your team at such a young age is ridiculous. Like he must have a bad back or something, this guy, because seriously, yeah. carrying you guys like like you wouldn't believe. But the thing is, he's what nineteen years of age and he's carrying Arsenal Football Club. Like someone, please, you know, for for people in and around our age, that sounds mental because of you know, Arsenal being the club that they once were, um, certainly in my time growing up, as I said, you know, winning winning league titles and, you know, ch- really challenging Man United and and whatnot. And now you're, you're sitting mid-table, uh, which is lovely to see. Um, but, yeah, I think for me, it'd have to be Saka. Um, he would he would probably be the only one. And obviously at the time of the reverse fixture, you lot were, were chatting to Brighton and Fulham um, and then man down there. Um, yeah, so, yeah, we you know, were. You, you were going down at one point, so it's been a nice little upturn in form for you guys. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd probably say Saka because I think as well, no coincidence that Arsenal started to become better, and his form has 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 got better as well. I don't think there's any coincidences in that at all. But um, sure. yeah, if if you're going to surprise me and not say. Not say you're you're literally like your love child in, in human son. Um, who who are you gonna have? As much as it's quite obvious that you could pick out, out of Kane and Son, like if we just look at Kane's numbers this season, sixteen goals and thirteen assists. The brother has nearly had thirty goal involvements, and we're not even three quarters of the way through the season. People just beat that. Take a moment of silence. Like, this is how good England's number nine striker is right now. I don't know what Jose's done, but... He's helped, him, day, he's helped him explode, as he said he would in the documentary. It literally explode. And, like, this... Anyways, I, Son as well, at one point he was leading the goal-scoring charts. I think he's still up there. He's definitely still up there. Um... But if I had to take one person, it wouldn't be Son, it wouldn't be Kane. I would love to see a midfield partnership of Partey and Ndombele. I'd take Tangi straight up. Wes knows that probably my first love child is Son, but Ndombele is creeping up there because me and Wes discuss a lot of times about how good this brother is. Beyblade, Tekkers, we're talking. So I'd fully take him. I was so jealous when you guys initially bought him. Because I don't think Spurs fans at the time understood how good this guy was and how good he could get. Um, and now you guys are obviously reaping that and seeing how good he can be. I think it just needed a little bit of time for sure. Um, I think he scored initially on his debut. And I think you guys were like, okay, this is it. But we all know that dip in form. And I'll never forget that. I wouldn't say infamous, but that really hard. I wouldn't say even harsh, but it was a really uh, tough... Uh, uh, analysis that Jamie Carragher gave of Ndombele after one of the games against Burnley, how he just wasn't up to scratch. And obviously Jose, Jose was the one who came out in the media and said that he needed to do better. And obviously we don't know as a football player, I mean, we, we're not football players ourselves. We don't know how much that, you know, takes on someone's mental health, like how that affects somebody confidence wise, but credit to him. He's got back up. He's shown everybody what he's capable of doing. And yeah, he's a mainstay in your team for years to come. Like you said, uh, Musa Dembele, the goal, as in your opinion, of Spurs. He's definitely filled that gap that you guys have been missing for so long. So if I had to take one person, um, I'd take Tangi just because he can sit deep. 
pull the strings. But if you wanted to, you know, put some flair in there, just put him further up and he can just do it all. Like, do it all. Yeah, so that's the player I would take. I would take not, him. Not a bad choice. I think as well, what people have underestimated with Ndombele is his creativity. Yes. Because he can find the, those eye-of-the-needle passes that a lot of Spurs fans were saying that we haven't really replaced Ericsson in that respect. And I'm like, have you seen Ndombele? Like, I mean, if you look at Son's goal against City, obviously Chops, I think it was Gundogan and Rodri, sent them both back to, you know, to Germany and Spain, where they both came from. And he's just clipped a lovely little ball over the top. Now, I know it's like, okay, it's an over-the-top ball. It's not a through, but it's still a through pass. And actually... yeah. Um, Kane's movement in that goal as well was makes the goal because if Kane doesn't drop short, there's not that space and drag one of the centre halves out. There's not that space in behind from Domley to play that ball. But certainly, there's been times as well in games where he's slipped in a through pass and we've been in, um, whether that be for Son or even one of the one of the fullbacks. Um, but yeah, I think Ndombele's creativity is very very underestimated um, at the moment, and he is very very slowly becoming one of my favorite Tottenham players um in in this team um and in this current crop of players so I don't mm-hmm. feel like I've I've got a real like top one favorite player at the minute since okay since Moose left unfortunately so um yeah I think he's close it seems like he's close getting there he's getting there <laughs> definitely definitely right then Nelson in terms of derby's gone by uh, yeah, I have a feeling that I may know the answer to this one. But if there was one derby that stood out for you, um, we'll go with either Highbury or the Emirates because that is where this particular derby is is being held. Um, which one would would that be? A really good question. Like I said, the last decade, as I mentioned earlier, the North London derby has slowly just gone up the derby table I think at first you had your classicos you, you had Manchester Manchester Liverpool up there you had your Glasgow derby Milan but North London derby is slowly creeping up there and people need to put respect on it because it's a big one it's a very big one goals are flying red cards um one that stuck to my heart for a very long time not even a very long time it was actually very recent of a derby I think I mentioned it I think in one of the old and previous episodes, the previous Derby um, specials that we've done. And that is actually the 4-2 victory against Hughes at the Emirates. Unai Emery's first game in charge of a North London Derby. Shout out, good evening, Mr. Good Evening. Um, he came in and obviously we weren't expecting much and we were expecting a whole rebuild, but I'll never forget the atmosphere because I think it was, it was a different atmosphere, one different to the Wenger era. And I think that's what really excited me because it was the first time that I guess everyone at the time, obviously we now have our Teta, but everyone at the time was like, okay, Mr. Wenger's out. We can now look forward to rebuild. This is our first North London derby. Let's have it. Give it to us. And that we actually, I don't think I came leading up to that game. I don't think we actually, actually thought that we would have won, but I remember um, I was shopping in Tesco and I just saw these notifications pop up. I was like, oh, up a score. Okay, cool. 1-0. All right. Uh, oh, Eric Dyer scored. Ah, okay. 1-1. Oh, Kane scored a penalty. 2-1. Heading into halftime. Not bad. Not bad. 
Um, I heard about the, you know, the, the, the argument between Dai and Ramsey on the bench and all of that. So just like I mentioned, the fire that the North London derby brings, it had all of that. And then the comeback that we made and the atmosphere when Lucas Torreira bags his first goal for Arsenal in a North London derby and he takes off his shirt, like that picture stays with me. We're talking like it's it stayed with me for a very long time. I just remember the atmosphere. Sometimes I'm bored at home, guys, and I go back on YouTube and I watch that specific derby highlights over again. That's how you know it stuck to me. So in terms of old derbies gone by, as much as you know, people might say, "Oh, he's just a newborn fan. He's not, you know, one of the old gens." No, no, I, I know my old my old history, but that one sticks out to me personally. Um, I, I'd go I'd go for that. Another one I'd go for is uh, uh, 2008, I believe. We beat you 3-1, Adebayor, Fabregas, banging in goals, top bins. You know this one because I think you were there. I don't know if you were there at the time. but I wasn't, but I remember it because um, I think Nasri scored the first goal. And whilst that replay was going on, Fabregas then steamrolls through and bags a second. Is that the right one? Am I on the right lines there? Yeah, it's the one where he just ru- runs through dribbles and then bangs it top bins. Yeah. And Adebayo does the perfect flick up, boom, top bin. So those two stick out to me. That That's like the Wenger era one that really sticks out to me. And then, you know, this new era that we're now, you know, getting out of removing yeah. the Wenger past. Um, yeah, that, that 4-2, I think it was 2018, I believe. Yeah, that one sticks to me the most. But... I know what you may. What did you think? What what what, what um, fixtures do you think I was going to go for? When you, well, well, you I, was ho- the question. I was thinking. Um, I I did. I'm going to confess here. I did change the question slightly. Uh, okay. I was going to say just favorite derbies in general, and then I knew the one that you were going to probably go with was the one that you know obviously crowned you champions at the lane. Which ah. you know, I still sing about to this day. Duh. Okay, okay. Thought, I'm not letting Nelson have that one. Um, but now I thought the 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 consecutive five twos um would have certainly been in there. good shout. Yeah, yeah, I remember uh, those. Um yeah, they, they were the... painful. They were painful, bro. <laughs> yeah, they they were you guys were still going through it at that time, I remember. But yeah, th- those five twos were good, I think. I think that was the same day as the Colin Cup final. I remember not paying attention to that because I remember this is the North London derby. I don't care about no stupid Carlin Cup final. Like, this is the final. So, yeah, that game was electric. Again, there's nothing can beat a North London derby, whether it's at the Lane, the Emirates or Highbury. Yeah, man. It's, uh, but down to you. I, I've picked my one. I'm sure I'm sure you have some in In terms mind. of the Emirates, um, certainly. Well, in terms of away fixtures, Tottenham haven't necessarily done that well. Um, so it's probably, it's true. It's probably true. easier for me to say about the ones that we've actually done all right in, to be fair. Um, certainly, I think the 4-4 um, is a classic game in general. Um, not even just North London derbies, but just the classic game. Um, four yeah. two down, four minutes to go. Um, the song of Bentley from 50 and Lennon from two um, was christened after that one. Um, yeah. but now I remember watching that one at home um, with the dad, with my dad and a friend of mine and just going absolutely mental when Lennon stuck that fourth one in um, as well just literally just going mental around my house because it was one of the last kicks of the game um, and that was Harry Redknapp's second game I think in charge of, of Spurs um, 
and, and whatnot. So, yeah, that's definitely a memorable one. Um, the 3-2 at the Emirates as well. Yeah. Uh, the Kabul header, the Van der Vaart penalty, him shushing the, the crowd, uh, which was a typical Van der Vaart trait after he scored yeah, against you guys. Always loved a little little one of those. Um, yeah, that one definitely um, sticks up there um, for me because that was the first time I actually won at the Emirates. Um, so, yeah, no, definitely up there. Um, as well, I think the cup game um, of a couple of seasons ago, um, Gazaniga into Kane. Yeah. The, Kane's first two touches and he just as soon as he come on, on a plate for Delhi who just produces an absolute source of a chip, like coming through with salt, vinegar, extra sauce on that, um, <laughs> of that chip. And it was just be- just the limbs as well in the away end um, for that one. Um, that was certainly brilliant. But also for me personally, on a personal note, um, the one last season um, stick will always stick with me because it was my first experience of a North London derby being an away fan. Um, really, really weird match day experience. Um, didn't really wear any colours. Didn't want my head getting caved in. Um, so is yeah, this the two-two? Yeah, yeah, the two-two. Yeah. Um, so kept it pretty quiet. But um, yeah, just taunting you guys because obviously at the time we were in the Champions League and you were in the Europa League. So that was that felt nice. Um, that felt nice. But yeah, the atmosphere in the away end that day leading up to the game was very, very strange and something that I hadn't. I hadn't experienced before and I'm thinking this is like this is North London derby and everybody in the away end is quiet we could hear you guys you know singing singing away and everything like that and there was no response and I'm thinking I even said to my dad I was like dad this is weird like everybody everybody that's there is just like catching up with mates and stuff like that it just felt weird um but yeah as soon as I got into into my seat um yeah i uh i started the singing off in in the way and basically because i had enough by that point um so yeah no that was that will always stick with me because like i say it was my first experience of a north london derby as an away fan um so yeah that one will always will always stay um nice nice stay with me uh so right nelson just to wrap up then uh score predictions please uh what are you going to go for Score predictions. I, as much as I want to win, I am really considering the um, the Europa League game on Thursday. The fact that we have to fly out, fly back, to then prepare for Sunday's game. As much as it was impressive that we did that and beat Leicester away from home, let's not forget that. This everything, like you said, everything flies out the window when it comes to this game. So I'm gonna go for a two-two draw. I'm going to predict um, who's going to score. I'm going to go for Saka to score. And I am praying that man like Thomas Partey gets his first goal for for Arsenal. Um, And for you guys, I actually think that... I think there was one time I guessed right that Toby would score. And I think that was the game you guys won 2-1 last season. I'm going to go for Kane. Usual, Usual goal, you know. Yeah, and usual slice of pizza on that day. Um, and who am I going for? I'm going to go for an, uh, an, an unknown score, someone that you wouldn't expect to come. I'm actually going to go for Sergio. I'm going to go for Sergio. He might come up and pop up from a goal. 
I don't know from somewhere, but I, I get a feeling that something just, yeah, I'm going to go for that. 2-2. Uh, two, two. Two, two. What about yourself? Who do you think? So Nelson's gone with a Desmond. 2-2. Two, two. Um, I have a feeling that we will win. I was kind of in the reverse fixture. I was hoping that after it went 2-0, that we would really sort of go at you guys in the second half because I felt you were there for the taking, but we didn't. It was almost like, right, 2-0, job done, see the game out. But I was really, like, I think the, it, the you guys were there for the taking. Like, we could have made it three, four, five, and then that would yeah. have really been a real statement of intent at that time as well. Um, and I feel like as well that could have propelled us and kicked us on to maybe staying up there a little bit longer afterwards because mm-hmm. we've had that confidence of getting a big result in a big game. Um, but I feel like this one's going to be close, but I feel like it will be like, I still think Tottenham will come out on top. Um, so I'm yeah. going to go with a 3-2 win. Um, I noticed that your camera went off there just as I said that it was that Tottenham were going to win so clearly you weren't a fan of that (laughs) no I wasn't (laughs) Um, so yeah scorers for you guys I think Lacazette will will get a goal if he plays that is and we mentioned before that he might might play Um, but I think Lacazette will score Um, and I think we'll probably concede like a sloppy sloppy goal from somewhere and somebody like a Gabriel or somebody will score um, from mm-hmm. from a, a wide free kick or a corner or something like that. Um, but I think in terms of Tottenham uh, goal scorers, listen, there's, there's three things that are certain in life, right? It's death, taxes and Harry Kane scoring in an North London derby. So as I mentioned before that he will score a penalty. Um, so yeah, Kane, yeah. Will get, Kane will get a pen at the Emirates. Um, still the only man to have to come out and justify um, going down in the penalty area um, by Sky. Um, so that really still winds me up to this day because there's people that have been worse culprits and have got away with it, but whatever suits their agenda, I suppose. Um, yeah, Kane will get two. I'm going to say he's going to get two. Ooh, okay. And um, I think it's time. I think it's time Sonny broke his duck. Um, he's gone a little while without a goal. And I think this will be the perfect game for him to do so. Because I remember in that cup game as well that we mentioned before, um, he also scored a really, really good goal off his left foot. um, He did. He did. So, yeah, Kane's going to get two and Sonny's going to get one. I would love it if potentially Bale gets in on the act or if Kane gets a hat-trick, but that's just just the way I see it on that one. Um, So I've not gone conservative. I've not sat on the fence. Um, (laughs) Sticking my my chest out, neck on the line. Nice. Nice. I like it. Spurs are going to win and take home the bragging rights once again. Right then, Nelson, that wraps it up for us for today. Brilliant. Um, Hope you enjoy going through uh, North London Derby and whatnot. And for you guys listening and watching as well, we hope you enjoyed it as much as we did as well. Make sure that you like this video comment on anything that we have uh, covered today and any topics you would like us to cover in the future subscribe to the channel and turn the notification bell on as well so you know every time that we post we've got a lot of different content coming um, once lockdown restrictions have been eased a little bit as well Um, follow us on all social media platforms as well as spotify um, if you search at wm32 football for those and don't forget the online shop is coming through like 
Tottenham fan, AJ Tracy. Have to throw that one in there um, as well. So you can cop your very own WM32 football merchandise. I've got a polo on today and Nelson has got his hoodie on. Um, yes. If you would like to cop your own merchandise, head over to the shop, as I mentioned, www.wm32football.com forward slash shop uh, for that. Managed to get my teeth in for that one, so I am buzzing. Um, So, guys, take care, stay safe, and we will see you all very, very soon. Bye-bye.